This is the Good Morning Hamilton podcast on 900 CHML. As we know, one of the big issues in this country, really in many countries around the world, is the shortage of skilled laborers. And it has impacted many sectors across this country. Here to talk about it is, well, the guy who sets the tone nationally for this sort of thing, the Honorable Seamus O'Regan. He's the Minister of Labor and the Liberal MP for St. John's South Mount Pearl. Mr. O'Regan, thanks for joining us on the show today. How are you? I'm well, Rick. Thanks for having me. You visited Hamilton a month ago and called the labor shortage in the construction industry a top priority. How is the government addressing this pressing issue? So work with unions first and foremost. So a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of the skilled trades and in, in, and in construction are unionized. They have you know strong, capable unions that that amplify their voices, that advocate for them. Um, and you know a long time ago they addressed us that they could see a labor shortage coming. COVID has you know done lots of things as we all know you know in society that we're still reeling from to be honest. Um, if you had told me, Rick, that you know two years ago coming out of COVID, we would have the highest employment uh, level in, you know, modern Canadian history and the lowest unemployment level. I would have happily taken that. Uh, um, and I'm still very happy and grateful, but it's a problem. Uh, we have a labor shortage problem. It's serious. Uh, it's a, it's an urgent issue in the skilled trades. Uh, we have about 700,000 skilled trade workers that are expected to retire between 2019 and 2028. Uh, Leuna alone, when I was in uh, Hamilton, Joe, Joe Mancinelli uh, told me that, you know, his union alone would hire 30,000 new workers just in Ontario uh, right now. So we need to recruit. We need to train thousands more. So we're working with Leuna. We're working with unions right across the country. I was speaking at uh, Unifor uh, at their AGM. Um, we're working with unions. We're doubling a program that we have with them called the Union Training and Innovation Program, which funds unions who are doing a great job on training apprentices uh i was with um i was out on a on a site today actually in toronto uh meeting with a whole group of young people in a program called hammerheads that is introducing young people who may not have thought of the skilled trades before and i don't know about you rick but i mean i had exposure to trades in high school um and and you know that was really it was important it changed lives and we've gotten away from that and so we have to find new ways to introduce young people to it now, the problem is that a lot of, you know, introducing young people is great, but we won't get the payoff for that for, you know, another few years. We actually need people now. So, you know, we've been, we've invested like a billion dollars annually in apprenticeship, you know, through grants and loans and tax credits. We got EI benefits for in-school training, for project funding. And, you know, we're launching a union-led advisory table uh, to advise us on how all of this is changing and what we can do right now. And interestingly, that my colleague, uh, Minister Sean Fraser, the Minister of Immigration, also attended the Unifor AGM. And that's because it's very clear to us that uh, attracting new Canadians uh, to this country with those skilled trades is going to be really important. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's not just me, although I agree with you, I do set the tone, um, but it's, it's well, a whole bunch of my colleagues too around the cabinet table. This is a, this is a national priority. Is there a perception, you know, when, when I was back in high school, and this is this is several years ago, 
the perception of it was, you know, don't get into the trades. You want a white collar job. I remember my mom telling me that, you know, your dad has slugged it out being a contractor and a carpenter. I want you to find a job where you can work in a suit and a tie. And while I can, I don't choose to, uh, you know, a golf shirt is my wear. But as the perception mm-hmm. of skilled trades changed and for the better? I think it's changing. And I think it's changing because like even with these hammerheads, uh, you know, one of the one of the uh, coordinators and sponsors of the program told me, look, you know, they're very strict on, on these young people because, you know, making sure like if they show up late, they're, they're gone. Um, they have to make sure that they're well trained and professional because coming out of it, Rick, they're getting paid 100 grand. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and this program, uh, it's it's at full capacity. We got to find ways to increase. I think it's capacity, but it's at full capacity by word of mouth. So these are, you know, young people telling other young people, this is the direction to go in for really fulfilling, interesting work with your hands, getting stuff done, solving problems and getting paid really good money. Uh, you know, that's a pretty great combination. So, you know, hopefully those things will help attract it. I think we got to find ways to expose more people to it. And I think specifically we got to find ways to expose more women, uh, more indigenous peoples, um, you know, more LGBTQ. These are all underrepresented in the trades right now and in construction. And, you know, I, what I say, look, this isn't just a matter of representation, although I think that's really important. Uh, if you don't have all the, you know, if you're not including everybody, you're not getting the best people. So, you know, that's something else that I've been I've been concentrating on. So I think I think the exposure has changed things. Look, I got a master's in philosophy. I'm, I'm lucky to have a job at all. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, so I look at these guys and I said to them today, you're you're the smartest. You're the smartest people in this room because, uh, you you know, the decision and the choices that you've made and, and you could you, the pride that they have in even making this decision upon entering this program. is It's really something. Well, I'm in the media, so I'm in a I'm in a rung even below you. But uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> so uh, was I. So was I. <laughs> Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML, the Honorable Seamus O'Regan. He is the Labor Minister for uh, our nation. Uh, I want to ask you about what the Ontario government is committed to doing in terms of building homes, because housing affordability we know is a major issue, and the skilled mm-hmm. trades play a part in that. Because oh. over the next ten years, the Ford government is projecting to build, or he's promising to build, one and a half million homes. That's 150 year about double what we currently have 150,000 homes a year doesn't seem feasible given where we are with the labor shortage can we get there yeah i mean i think that there's a, a great will and desire to get there um so i have to be optimistic and think yeah i think that you know we, we have to at least try that's for sure um and you know i applaud the efforts of the ontario government to get more housing in um and i would also say look you know it's i think it's it's notable that they are focusing so much on skilled trades that they are focusing so much on immigration um, and, you know, what can we do to just kind of knock down some of those barriers provincially and federally uh, that exist that prevent people from getting into these positions, particularly like I think of foreign credentials. And and, you know, we're making headway there. Uh, we need to make more. Um, you know, it's uh, I represent, um, you know, the, the workforce and, and the employers of about uh, about six percent of of the entire workforce six percent of employers that's in the federal space the rest is all in the in provincial and territorial space so it is really important that we work together it is uh, and i do i, I take great pride in, in uh, working closely with my provincial and territorial colleagues and uh getting around the table and figuring out okay what can we do here one of the big things that we do immediately and we're, we're focusing on it is labor mobility, which basically means, you know, if I work in Ontario or if, let's say somebody is, you know, in B.C. or Alberta 
Um, they're finished their project. They hear of great work in Ontario. How can we get them in Ontario? So even within our own country, how can we move workers to where the work is with less hassle? We put in a labor mobility tax uh, deduction so that uh, more workers could write off the price of travel and, and getting around. Um, you know, that that that's going to be helpful. But we need to knock down some barriers between provinces, amongst provinces, to to make sure that workers can go to where the work is. We had uh, Rocco Rossi, the uh, president and CEO of the Ontario Chamber of Commerce, on the show yeah. the other day after the uh, provincial budget was passed down. And he made mention, and, and you would know more than I, of uh, workers in the skilled trades who are uh, living in Ontario, working in places like Manitoba, but then crossing over the border. And that that certification or that accreditation, those hours don't count against what they're trying to build here in Ontario. Can that be fixed? Is that something that you're looking at? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, it's something that we have to look at. That's for sure. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want we put we put certain things in place in order to protect workers and to protect jobs. We you know, but the world has changed. And and now, you know, we don't have nearly enough workers for all the work that needs to get done in this country. Uh, you know, whether it's on housing, whether it's on lowering emissions, whether it's electrifying the grid, um, you know, we need more. So, look, what I would say and this, you know kind of a, a high-level answer, as we call it. But, but you know, we're committed to knocking down those barriers wherever we can find them. And uh, so I'll work with, like I said, I'll work with anybody, but most particularly with my provincial and territorial colleagues to do it. Uh, one more question with uh, Labor Minister yeah. Seamus O'Regan here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. The green economy, Canada is committed yeah. to being a world leader in this uh, aspect when it comes to uh, net zero emissions within the next few decades. How is that going to impact the labor force? But they lead it. So that's the thing. We're, we can't lower emissions without workers. Uh, you know, this isn't some, you know, I, I keep getting asked this question, please, you know, uh, as we as we green the economy, as, low, as we lower emissions, um, don't leave workers behind. I'm like, leave workers behind? You guys are leading it. I don't know where the hell to to, to tighten a, a bolt or a screw on a pipeline to, to figure out how to make sure it leaks less methane. I don't know how to erect solar panels and and wind turbines. This is completely worker-led. Um, you know, what, where the government comes in working, you know, sitting at a table with workers and with employers is, is figuring out just, you know, how do we incent the work? How do we get it done? Um, but you know, I, it's urgent work that needs to get done. I'm a former minister of natural resources. I was for two years. Um, the prime minister, when he, uh, moved me onto the labor portfolio, uh, asked me to uh, hold on to my responsibilities on, on just transition, as we call it, which is a phrase that makes workers cringe because it, it sounds like something ominous that the government's cooking up it, it really is about working with unions working with workers on like how do we lower emissions how do we make sure that the canadian economy stays competitive how do we make sure that uh people don't see their energy bills or or such you know skyrocket how do we all work together to lower emissions urgently and assure the continued prosperity of the canadian economy um and you know that's a big challenge um so you know full core press and i am you know, I am all in. Uh, my province, Newfoundland and Labrador, is an oil-producing province. Um, we actually depend more on the oil industry than even Alberta. It's about fifty percent of our of our provincial economy. So we got to get it right. Uh, too many jobs on the line. Too many people working in this space in this country. Canada is the fourth biggest producer of oil in the world, and the world is looking to us. You know, to see how we're how we're going to do it. But we're committed to doing it because we have to. This is uh, this is for our children, for our grandchildren. I would even argue it's for the present. Uh, you know, we're seeing the effects of climate change. We have to minimize them. Um, and that's a national priority. But as a, as a country that is still proudly a natural resource country, we got to figure out how to do it 
by mean, with, you know, and at the same time maintaining the prosperity of this country. But workers will be at the center of it. They will lead it. Uh, I've assured them of that. No secrets, no hidden deals, no star chamber. Um, this is them leading it, and it will happen with them. The automotive industry here in Ontario has certainly jumped in with two feet. They've um, almost been forced to do so. Uh, what's the next bis- biggest sector to to follow suit? You know, I, I, you say forced to do so, and I hear you, but honest to God, I think it's real leadership. I think it's leadership from unions like Unifor. I think it's leadership from governments, and I think it's leadership from the automotive industry in this country. We're really good at building cars. We know, and I keep quoting Gretzky on this, we know, you know, you got to skate to where the puck is going. We know which way it's going. It's inevitable. Um, you know, we need to lower emissions, uh, transportation, cars, trucks. It's a leading cause of it. We've committed to, you know, not building uh, or selling any um, any cars with internal combustion engines. Uh, that deadline is going to, you know, is approaching. So we got to get this industry ready, and it's getting ready. That's the good news. We're going to be building EVs in Ontario, uh, but more importantly, we're also going to be building—not more importantly, but I think equally importantly—we're going to be building the batteries and and mining the critical minerals that are necessary for those batteries in Canada building from those critical minerals batteries in Canada batteries that will go into EVs in Canada uh you know this is this is really something and uh and you know my colleagues around the cabinet table work very hard on it and and making sure that we're that the Americans realize how integrated our automotive industry is and i think we're we're there now we got a bit of a scare with their with their EVs uh you know they were considering tax credits that would only uh, support uh, completely American-made. We, we made the very fair and real case that, guys, this is a completely integrated market. This is a completely integrated industry that travels the border three, four, five times uh, between various parts in order to make a single car. Uh, don't take away North America's competitive advantage uh, over the Japanese and Germans and Chinese. We have a workforce uh, across both sides of that border that work really well together, and now we will work together again and now on EVs. I think it's this is just phenomenal news for Ontario. Minister O'Regan, I've taken up much more than uh, I was allotted, but I really appreciate your time. (laughs) Best of luck going forward and making this country the best uh, to work, live and play. And uh, we'll talk to you down the road. All right. Thanks a million, Rick. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday mornings from 530 to 9 on 900 CHML and online at 900CHML.com.